Welcome to the Glory Podcast. We're so glad that you're listening. Our mission is to declare God's glory. Please visit glorychurchkc.com to hear all of our other messages. Well, like Gabby and Jeremy and the team said at the beginning, happy Father's Day, all right? You will only see me represent this shirt on one day of the year. All right, this is as dad as I get. All right, this is my Hawaiian shirt. If you're listening on the podcast later, you missed it. Um, Those of you who are watching online, it's interesting, Father's Day uh, for a young church. We are, as a church family, a year and a half old. But Father's Day for a young church uh, and Mother's Day are one of those days that are sort of the opposite of normal churches. We have like less family members in the room because they're all like, I want to go be with my parents on Mother's Day, Father's Day. So if you're traveling or watching this later, Glory family, I love you. Those of you online, there's a camera behind you. That's who I'm looking to. There you go. Um, And I'm excited to have those of you who are watching on Facebook, those in the room, uh, Urban Plunge, thank you guys for showing up. This is a good day to do so because we had a whole section for you. Um, And so it's good to have you. I was a youth pastor for almost seven years, and so I'm sure every single one of you are tired. All right, bear with me. All right, I'm pretty excited. I prayed over this. Uh, God has peace for you as well. I don't know what homes you came from, but if I could just speak to this little corner over here. My guess is there's been an absence of peace in some of your families. Peace is, is something unknown in our world. I mean, we, we try to muster it up over and over, and, and I'm excited to dive into it. If you've been with us at all this summer, we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit, and uh, maybe you're like, oh, the fruit of the Spirit, that's boring. If I could be honest, uh, at <laughs> three months ago, no, two months ago as we were planning this, I was like, I don't want to preach on the fruit of the Spirit. I, I, I learned that in children's class. Like, I, I know the songs, I know the motions, I know all the dance moves. Like, I don't want to do that. Like... Uh, But here we are, and I have got to say, how has it been so far, Glory Family? We've we've talked about love, that love provokes. We've talked about how love overcomes. We've talked about the unending power, and and God has actually stretched me because this isn't just something like cool tools in our tool belt. That's not what peace is. That's not what love is. Love is a spiritual power. There's authority in the fruit of the Spirit. And so last week, we talked about joy. And joy was powerful. Joy gathers the lost, right? Joyful people, we, the world deems them as confident, but they're confident because they worship the Lord. There's such confidence in joyful people, and this morning we are headed and diving into peace. It's the third one of the list, right? Love, joy, peace, and that's as far as I'm going. Peace is where we're sitting this morning. And as I mentioned it, it's not just peace, but spirit-filled peace. Because there's a a big difference in the way that the world offers peace and the way that God speaks it, the way that he grants it, the peace that passes and surpasses all understanding. That's spirit-filled peace. And so I wrote this. I, I need you to know I don't have three fluffy points for you this morning. That's not the point of this. I actually have one resounding theme. And so I think you're going to stick with us the whole time because the world likes to say you will get peace once this trial ends. Or peace is what happens when you take that family uh, trip that you've been needing. Or some of you students, you thought peace was me getting away from my home. 
And so that's what we think. Peace will come when this trial ends or when COVID finally ends or however we decide it. Peace is sometimes the absence of pain, but that's not what spirit-filled peace is. There's a way of peace. There's a way of peace that is here despite the trial. It's here amidst the pain. It's in the home where the screaming happens. It's in the home where the alcoholism happens. Because God's presence is what provides the peace despite. And so that's what we're going to dive in this morning. And I'm really excited because when it comes to the world's version of peace, they miss it. They miss the mark all the time. It's something that you goal. It's a prize that you capture. It's an end goal. Uh, in fact, my, my family and I, my kids and I, we were watching uh, Amazon Prime. There's a documentary on Pink, the singer Pink. Yep. Um, <laughs> you can judge me all you want. I don't know why, but I, for some reason, like Pink just pulls my heartstrings. I'm like, Jesus, I want her to love you. Like... <laughs> And she's just, you know, doing acrobats in the air. And, but my kids, we watched it because it was talking about how she takes her kids on the road with her. And she's like full-time mom and full-time singer. And so the kids were like, oh, those are little kids with them. Uh, and so we obviously sped past some, some other parts. But it was interesting. I say it because Pink, she spends some time before every, every production, everything, and she does some things like yoga, she does meditation, they, they, like, they do sage all over the, the stage. There's some things that the world defines as peaceful. She's sitting, she's meditating, she's doing mindfulness, and then she goes on the stage. And I'll tell you, this is the thing, the reason I'm telling you this, because then a pause would come, a transition of the songs would happen, and there would be a B-roll of her running backstage, grabbing a bottle of liquor and swigging it before she runs back out. Now, I bring that up because if, if the peace came from doing the sage, then she didn't need the liquor. Think about it. If the peace came from doing the yoga and meditation, then she wouldn't have need to calm that edge of uneasiness. And so this is what the world does. The world views peace, and I wrote this down. This is very important for you to understand. Worldly peace calls you, it calls for you to clear your mind, calls for you to let your thoughts be free and open. Worldly peace says clear your mind. Go to that that place that, that some of you, you need to go be with nature and just clear your mind. That's what worldly peace provides, this this opportunity for you to clear your mind, but that's not spirit-filled peace. If I could tell you, spirit-filled peace calls you to surrender your mind and let your thoughts be focused. Now, there's a very big difference. Surrender your mind to someone and let let your thoughts be focused. In fact, this is what Paul says to the Romans. Those of you who are living according to the flesh, they set their mind on the things of the flesh. Use that incense. Move your body in that way that's, that's, uh, that's calming. Burn that sage because those are the things of the flesh and you set your mind on that. But those who live according to the Spirit, they set their mind on the things of the Spirit. And to set your mind on the flesh is death. But to set your mind on the Spirit is life and what? Peace. Life and what? Peace. And he continues, for this reason, the mind that is set on the flesh, it's hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, and in fact, it cannot. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh. You are in the Spirit, since the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, that is peace. 
to not clear your mind, but to set your mind, to surrender your mind. Now, I, I want to give you a homework assignment. If you can, Google at, at home. This is a homework assignment. Google all the verses with peace, P- passages about peace. So you Google it, you'll get like 50 great ways to add peace into your day, like all these things. And you, you'll find all these verses. If you look at the context of every one of those verses, you will see a theme of a few words that will travel through every single passage of peace. The words are the mind, the thoughts of God, the commandments of God, knowing the words of God, and filling your mind with those words of God. Peace. Like every single time, peace is not something absent from the words of God. In fact, it is completely different. It's not clearing your mind. It's filling your mind with thoughts, with words. Some of you have just tried to stop thinking about that thing. Some of you were abused as a child, and you just learned to stop thinking about it. That's where peace is. Some of you have had an ongoing struggle, an ongoing thing, an ongoing lie, and you've just decided to stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. That's, that's your avenue toward temporary peace. And I'll tell you, the world makes it very easy to just claim, I'll stop thinking about my divorce that went wrong. I'll stop thinking about that first marriage. I'll stop thinking about it. And that's not the avenue toward peace. We all know it because when the lights go out, when the friends leave, when the phone dies, when the noise ends, when you go back home, kids, to lay, on, lay your head on the pillow and you close your eyes, all of the thoughts come back up swirling. And sometimes worse than before, that wasn't peace to clear your mind. Peace instead is the submitting. This is why it says, present your requests to God and the God of peace will guard your hearts in Christ, uh, in Christ Jesus. He will guard us by having this, hey, I surrender it to you. I focus on you. Do you want to know why the world, why the enemy does not want you to have peace? It's because peace is powerful. I wrote a few things down. The it's beautiful because peace, I wrote this, he hates that your mind, when, when you have Christ giving you peace, he hates that it's peaceful because peace is literally unstoppable. A peaceful heart cannot be tempted. A peaceful heart cannot be lured. A peaceful heart cannot be lied to. A peaceful heart is a scary thing for the enemy because a peaceful heart walks into a room and distills the hostility. Peaceful heart is scary to the enemy. And so he constantly wants you to fill your thoughts with ways that you can clear your thoughts. Instead of just surrendering it to the Lord. And if, honestly, if you want to know why he starves you, it's because the, there's this uh, armor of God. Anyone know that's, that song? The armor of God song? Like, I'm not saying, gosh, no. Gosh, no, no, no. You know, there's a helmet of salvation, there's a breastplate of righteousness, right? The sword of the spirit, and it goes all the way down to the feet of readiness, right? That's, that's given from the gospel of what? Peace. The reason, the reason the enemy does not want you to have peace 
is because it is a powerful armor that makes you ready. Peace makes us ready. Peace makes us ready. Ready for hard things. How many times have you said this? I'm not ready. I'm not ready to let my family know that I'm a Christian. I'm not ready to be that open at the office. I'm not ready to deal with that yet. I'm not ready to have those conversations. I'm not ready to start serving, even though I know it's my giftings. I'm not ready to start a small group. I'm not ready to go there. I'm not ready to, to worship, to sing that. I'm not ready. I'm just not ready yet. I used to think I'm not ready to plant a church because I'm too young. I'm not ready. In this unreadiness, I will tell you, it, it's a very spiritual battle. I'm not ready to go to church because my life isn't good enough. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. That is a clear sign when we say I'm not ready that we don't have peace. And why I know that is there's this depth of uneasiness. It feels like limbo. Some of you have felt like limbo for far too long. Like, what is my purpose? I'm not ready to do anything. I don't feel like I'm ready to do anything good. Peace has not transformed your heart. Peace is not there I used to think so long, I'm not ready to plant a church. People won't follow me. And this is why the enemy does not want you. This is literally why the enemy does not peace for you. Because peaceful people are ready to move. Peaceful people are ready to move. When a hardship happens, the peaceful come in. When a hardship happens, the peaceful step in. Peaceful people are ready to move. They're ready to take this step even when they know they can't. When an obstacle comes, the peaceful ones stand up to make a plan. God does not want us to have peace, or the enemy does not want us to have peace. Peace is afraid of the movement that we bring. I want to be a church, if I can be so honest, that provides readiness for people. So many of our churches keep putting things, programs that people have to do in order to be enough. I want to be a place where the peace of God is so present that people know, like, I am a child. I don't, I no longer am a slave to fear. I'm ready to step out of that. Not because the pastor did anything, not because I signed up for something, not because I joined this, but because he's made me ready I don't have to learn the ins and outs of the Roman road of of sharing my faith. I could just literally talk about what God has done. Why? Because he's made me ready. Because I was in hostility, now I have peace. I was there, but now I'm here. Peace makes us ready, and the enemy hates it. I don't know about you, but I want to be ready. Like, as a man, I want to be ready when the lies hit my home. I want to be ready when the lies hit my children. I want to be ready when a job doesn't, doesn't provide like I thought and I need to trust. I want to be ready. Do you want to be ready? Like, honestly, like, do you want to be ready? The enemy doesn't want you. And so, honestly, my question that I had was, how? 
Why is my peace not profound? Like, why, what is standing against my peace? And so I have, a, it's very simple. Isaiah is going to answer this question for us. And we're sitting in Isaiah chapter 26. And it's a beautiful, beautiful section of scripture. He talks about the kingdom of God being peaceful, being built on solid ground. And then verse 3 happens. And it says, those of steadfast mind, you keep in peace. In peace, because they trust you. You want to know why you don't have peace? Because you have a trust problem. Honestly, like why you don't have peace? Because you have a trust problem. Because Father God looks a lot like in your mind your earthly father. You have a trust problem. I have a trust problem. Uh, And honestly, what is standing against it? It's when those situations happen, when that argument takes place, when that context breaks loose, when, that feelings, when those feelings arise, in that place, you don't trust. And so because you don't trust, we don't have peace. And that's a very interesting thought, but it's powerful. If you want to know right now, uh, steadfast mind is what it talked about. Can you bring that, that side of steadfast mind? I have mind highlighted right now. Some of you need to, to say this. Hey, God, give me a steadfast mind. Some of you need to write that down. This is a prayer that you should pray today. God, give me a steadfast mind. Mind. I want to focus on that last word real quick. Those of you who like, like to get a little bit like theological, the Hebrew word for mind literally means mind. It means mind. It, it means what fashions or forms your thoughts, your mind, the content of your thinking. You wonder why you don't trust? It's because you have bad content of thinking. You wonder why you don't? It starts. Peace begins in the mind. Like, it does. So mind, right? I want a steadfast mind. Because it's in my mind where my motivation is, where my desires come. It's in my mind where I start reason. You want to know why the world, like I, I watch, <laughs> I struggle to watch like reality TV shows because I'm like, how did you jump from there to there? Like what's going on in your head? Like how, did you hear everything they said or just the last sentence? Because that's the only thing you're jumping on right now. And the way the world, it, the reasoning the thought process, there's no peace. And because there's no peace, there's no trust. It's this ongoing thing. There is, you, maybe you want to word it this way, there is a construction problem with our thoughts. Construction problem. Your thoughts are not being constructed well. My kids, some of you saw this on stories. I think you commented on this. My, my boys, I have four kids, two boys and two girls. Uh, one is almost eight and the other is a three-year-old. They come to me th- this week. Uh, I have certain days where I'm just dad. I'm not pastor. Kate's in the office that day. She's pastor, so leave me alone. Call it, contact her. She's like, no, please don't. <laughs> But on certain days, I am just dad. So I was out there, and Jack and Kent come up to me, and they're like, Dad, we're going to build a tree house. And I'm like, Dad, we're going to build a tree house. Can you help us? I was like, guys, I'm not a construction man, but what I do know about tree houses is you need a good tree. Our yard has none. 
Like, we're, we can't build a treehouse. And they're like, no, Dad, I'm going to build it. I was like, well, you have fun. I'll watch you. I filmed them on my stories on IG, like on Instagram TV, just like trying to, trying to show them, like, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? But my son, he starts, like, putting this piece of wood out. He grabbed a hammer, and he found this rusty nail. And Jack, my 8-year-old, is just going to town, hammering this into a stump. <laughs> Dad, we're going to make a treehouse. I'll tell you about this. There was a construction problem with their thinking. <laughs> and what I know about construction problems is I don't trust that. Think about it. It cannot trust, like, it's not trustworthy for the weight of my body. Like, if I stepped on what they, they <laughs> this, this nail, guys, it was terrible. If I tried to put my weight on what they built... I will fall. There is a construction problem. And so the weight of what I would bring could not be held by what they constructed. So it was untrusting. Does this make sense? The things of God are weighty. Though they're freeing, they're weighty. Do you know there's a truth that says you are undeniably worthy of my love? It's a weighty truth. There's a truth that says you are beautiful. You were knit. And I, I, I made you with a purpose. You, I have a plan for you. That's a weighty statement. But some of you, the constructs of your thoughts are not strong enough to hold it so you don't trust it. Is this making sense? The thoughts that you're thinking are so weak in response to God's truth, that you don't even register it as true. We have a construction problem with our thoughts. We, we, we mess it up all the time. I mean, I mess it up all the time, but it says those who trust are kept in perfect peace. There's a construction problem, and I'll continue, because it comes right from a steadfast mind. So not just a mind that has, you know, construction problems, but a steadfast one. I, I want you to, like, circle steadfast, because you can point to any mind in the room, and the only one that's going to trust is a steadfast one. The only one that's going to trust is a steadfast one. The word steadfast, it means that it's leaning against something of power. The word steadfast means that it's tethered to something. It's like a boat on the water that throws the anchor overboard. Steadfast mind is anchored somewhere. It is stuck to. It is tethered to. It's not leaving. And so when I construct, that means everything I pick up. Now, I will ask God, like, how would you build this thought? How would you construct this thought? Because I don't want a construction problem anymore, God. Like, I, I look in the mirror, and instantly I start constructing thoughts based off of past things. I look at people. I walk into a room, and the feelings that I get are, from, are constructed from false things. They're not, not real beliefs that you want me to hold. So, God, how would you construct this thought? I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm anchored in your truth. If I can be so bold, I think that the reason that we have little peace is because you have too many thoughts 
too many thoughts that are tethered to a lie. You have too many thoughts that are anchored. They're steadfast to something else. And so because of that, you keep constructing from what you're tethered to. You keep forming from what you're anchored to. And I'm going to call it what it is this morning. This might be a very like, and this might sound very Pentecostal. I'm from a Baptist background, but here we go. It is, let's call it what it is. It's a word curse. Word curse. You know, like curse words are a real thing. And I'm not talking about the F word. I'm not talking about the SH, right? Like how our Americanized culture calls cuss words, cuss words. But in scripture, a curse word is when you speak something demeaning over someone. Like I'll look at the, the students. Have you ever been spoken? You're ugly. Anyone ever felt that? Everyone ever heard you're, you're fat? You're not good enough? You can't play? You were picked last? Anyone? These are curse words. You will never be enough. You're too weak. You will always fear this. You will never move past that. They will always see you that way. You will never belong. Word curses. And I can tell you they're curses because they spiral you down. Where a blessing lifts you up, a curse tears you down. You wonder why you don't have peace? It's because you have been tethered to curses. Curse words. I said, you're not enough. You've done that. You've messed up. You missed the mark. You will always miss the mark. You don't belong here. You're different than other people. People will never understand you. There's some Christians and then there's you on the outside trying to survive. These are word curses that we steward we steward them all the time. And sometimes they just come from within. They're not spoken by another. Some of mine were, you're not old enough, right? You're not good enough. You're not ready for something like that. People won't follow you. Just like other things have flopped in your life, Greg, this is going to flop. And so word curses spiral us down. And then we never feel peace. And so then we never move because we're like, God, I'll move when I have peace. And he's like, I'm speaking truth. But what you've constructed is not strong enough for it. So you're letting it fall as if it's not for you. I've been speaking. I've been trying to offer the peace that comes from the truth that I'm, I'm my, all in my word. But you are tethered. That thought is tethered to another. And you've been spiraling in it. You cannot have peace in that place if you're tethered to a lie. If you're tethered to a lie. Sometimes a lie uh, is almost always formed with the word always or the word never. Like those are some powerful word curses. You will never belong. You will always be weak. You will never overcome this. You will always be too much for people. You will always be an addict. You will always struggle with this, X, Y, Z. That's not true. That's a word curse that you are now forming thoughts based off. And you know, I know, there's no peace in it. And so I'd say in a room this size, there's hundreds of them. 
There's hundreds of word curses that you've believed over the years. There's hundreds of thoughts that you've been tethered to. I'm going to ask you, like, what if you just sat here and said, what is my lie? Some of you don't like to say word curse. You don't have to. What is the lie that my heart's been tethered to for far too long? Because, God, I keep blaming you for it. Some of you have blamed God for it. And then a brokenhearted father is saying, I have spoken through so many people the truth. And you have let it slide. That's not a tree house. It's not. It's not for life. It's for death. It's not of me. And so some of you, you've got to call this out. Uh, what would it be like if you said this? Hey, God, give me your thoughts for me. God, give me your thoughts for me. I want to know your thoughts. Did you know the Jeremiah 29 11? where God says, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, the plans for your welfare and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. Some of you memorize that verse and the, the word prosperity is there. Can I just tell you the word where, welfare here is the Hebrew word for peace, completion, wholeness. I know, God says, the thoughts, the plans that I have for you. I want you to know them. They're plans of peace over you. Not evil, not harm. If you hear a thought and it says harm, speak it out and then leave it out. Does this make sense? Some of you, if you think a thought and it's leading to harm, speak it out and leave it out. I am believing right now that because the people that I wrote this message for, and I had some people in my heart, I am believing right now as a pastor that because the people that I wrote this message for aren't in the room, that God's not going to work in the way that I hoped he would. That's a lie. So because I'm speaking out, I'm leaving it out. Because the truth is, I believe he's speaking to you. Some of you have held for far too long on some lies. Thank you so much for coming up here. I was going to tell you, come on up. It's interesting though, do you know the context that this happens? No one does. It always happens. People love this verse but don't know where it came from. Israel was in captivity. I need you to hear this because you, you misquote this all the time. God's not giving you prosperity in the future. He's giving you peace today. And so his thoughts are for peace now, not harm now, peace now. And then there's a future and a hope, but there's peace now. So this is who he's talking to. Israel is in captivity. And while they're in captivity, they're being told by a lot of false prophets that their home is not in, in this, this captivity, but instead start storing up so that we can leave. Don't talk to the people. Don't, don't bank on being here. God isn't here. He's in where we're going. And people were speaking this over Israel. Like, don't store up, like, or don't give, don't plant, don't get rooted here. This isn't home. And so God is like, hey, they're claiming to know my thoughts. They don't know. My thoughts are for peace now. And in this whole section, if you read Jeremiah 29, God says, hey, I need you to build houses. I need you to make families. I need you to plant roots here. I need you to give peace to the city because that's where you'll find peace. These are lies that you've constructed 
from false things. Some of you, you need to be rooted where you are and realize that God is there because he knows the thoughts that he has for you. They're, they're thoughts of peace. And so if you'll do me the favor, we're going to continue worshiping. I'm going to ask every one of you to stand up. If you're open to it, I'm going to invite you to have your palms up. And I'm going to ask you, before you even speak a word of this, I want you to speak the lie that kept coming to your mind. Speak it out and then say, God, I let it out. Wherever you are, even if you have to mumble because you feel awkward with the person right next to you, maybe you want to say it louder because you're ready for it to get out. But even as I'm talking right now, maybe you just have a lot and you just want to speak them. I am unworthy. I'm not beautiful. I have no purpose. I am not free. I will always have this. I will always be the beggar. I will never be free. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. Whatever those are, just keep speaking them out and say, I will not be tethered to them anymore. I will not be anchored to those thoughts. God, I choose to construct thoughts from your word. I don't want to have a construction problem. God, I pray right now in this place that you would, you would be very clear to your children what is truth and what is not. God, I, I want them to know that you've made them ready. Father, you want them to know that they are ready. Father, I pray peace over your children. Peace over your people. In your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Glory Podcast. For more information about this message or Glory Church, please visit glorychurchkc.com.